presence of the Lord that we feel here this evening. Amen. He's already been waiting for us. Amen. You know, um, he longs to be with us. And so when we come to the house of the Lord to be with him, he's already here waiting, anxiously waiting so that we can spend time together. Amen. I just love being in the presence of the Lord. Amen. If you would turn your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 126. Psalm 126. It's a very short chap uh, short chapter. And we're going to read verses 5 and 6. Amen. Psalm 126 verses 5 and 6. 
And the word of the Lord reads, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Amen. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his chiefs with him. Amen. There are times when we go and we sow in tears. Amen. We go and we just don't know how the crop is going to be. We don't know how big it's going to be. We don't know how, how great the harvest is going to be. And, and sometimes we go through tri- tribulations and trials, and we're just sowing. We're sowing, and we're praying that, that it goes forth and it accomplishes, right? That the rain is going to fall, that, that it's not going to get too cold or too hot, that it's going to destroy the harvest. And as a farmer, you, you worry about those things. And I'm sure they have... Sometimes they have sleepless nights depending on their situation, what they're going through in their own lives. But God knows. God knows all of it. And even when you're sowing and you're sowing with tears, the word of the Lord says that you shall reap in joy because your labor has not been in vain. You were working. You were laboring. You're going to go forth weeping, but you also have that seed And those tears that you're weeping, those tears that are falling, are falling on the ground. And that's what is watering that harvest. That's what is actually making it grow. So it's okay to come to the Lord with our tears. It's okay to come to him with our fears, with our doubts, and and just say, Lord, everything is in your hands. I'm not in control of the situation. Um, You're the one who gives the increase. I'm just doing what you ask me to do. So instead of me trying to handle whatever situation it is that I have, I'm just going to trust in you. I'm just going to do what you ask me to do. You ask me to go witness to somebody, let me plant that seed. And it may not look like it's something is happening, but he is the one that truly knows. So I may be crying for that lost soul. I may be crying for that lost loved one, but God sees it and he gives the increase and we shall reap. We shall reap if we faint not. That's what it says in the New Testament, that we shall reap if we faint not. So you might go forth and you might be weeping right now, but you're bearing that precious seed. And, and it's going to come back with rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with, him, with us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because the harvest, as we know, is already here. The harvest is here, and all we have to do is make sure we go and gather it. Amen. We have been praying. We have been weeping. We have been seeking the Lord. We have been fasting. And the Lord said the harvest is here. And so now we can reap. Amen. Let's pray for the service. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that you allowed us to be here together in your presence once again, Lord. You've been awaiting us, Lord, that we might spend time with you, to spend time with you in your presence and to glean more from you and your word and what you have in store for us today. 
Lord, we pray, oh God, that our hearts may be tender towards you this evening. Lord, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds. Lord, everything that we've done today, cleanse us from any unrighteousness, Lord Jesus, and help us, Lord, to come before you with thanksgiving, Lord, with praise on our lips as we go about this service. So, Lord, help us to give you the praise and the glory that is due unto your name, for you are worthy of everything, dear Jesus. Have your perfect will, Lord Jesus, in this place during the worship and during the teaching, Lord. Let our hearts be ready to receive your word, Lord. Let it take root in our hearts and also in our minds that it may accomplish that which you've sent it forth to do, Lord Jesus. We are so thankful for your presence that we already feel that is in this place. Lord, we are so thankful, Lord God, because you are with us, Lord. We glorify you in this house this evening, oh God, and we give you praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, have your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Father, 
appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. I love you, I adore you, I bow down before you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you.
surrender to you, Lord Jesus, tonight, oh God. We want you to move in this place, Lord. Hallelujah.
love just keeps getting better and better. lift up our hands in the house tonight and say Lord here we are tonight we surrender all to you right now Lord Jesus hallelujah I will give you all Lord because you gave your all for me oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus praise God praise God you can be seated for a few moments amen it's wonderful to be in Wednesday night Bible study so grateful to be here we'd like to welcome you all here all of our guests all of our members, all of you who are joining us online, we're so grateful that you are joining us. I'm going to make a few quick announcements and um, a special presentation, and then we'll get out of the way and, and let the uh, 
classes be dismissed here in just a little bit. Um, and we do have classes for for all ages, and uh, that includes our teenagers. And uh, if you have questions about what class to go to, just see one of the ushers or, or someone in the hallway after we dismiss, and, and you'll be able to find the classroom that you should go to. Um, that'll be with kids around your age. Amen. Thursday night, Spanish service at 730 right here. Uh, again, 730 tomorrow night. Um, Saturday morning, 8 a.m., men's and ladies prayer. And then our regularly scheduled services on Sunday. Sunday night at 6 p.m. here at the church, there's a youth movie night. Again, Sunday night uh, here at the church, a youth movie night at 6 o'clock p.m. We'll be watching a Christian movie. Um, it'll be a good time. Uh, there'll be plenty of snacks and food and all that good stuff. And um, have a good time of fellowship. All right. Today is what they call Administrative Professionals Day. And we have three ladies in our church who do administrative work and do it very professionally, and they do a great job, and we want to honor them. Um, and so uh, I had to kind of play defense all day because my wife is used to getting a delivery of flowers um, here, um, and uh, we decided to do things just a little bit differently. Um, and, and so Sister Tryon, Mama Tryon, uh, we have some flowers for you, and uh, why don't we all stand and show appreciation to Sister Tryon. Thank you for everything that you do. We have a gift card as well. Love my mama. <laughs> Amen. And we also want to recognize Sister Rosa, who is not here um, tonight. Um, she is also an expectant mother, and uh, it's getting close to time, and, and she needed to get off of her feet, and that's all right. Uh, I'm sure she's joining us online, so I'm kind of giving her a little bit of a hard time. Um, I did text you, Brother James, and uh, tell you there might be a delivery after church uh, from us, and uh, hopefully the other delivery is around the corner as well. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And First Lady, Sister Marie Brown, we want to say congratulations. Happy Administrative Professionals Day to you. We have flowers for you. Sister Alyssa's bringing them around for you. Amen. I always wanted to say First Lady something. I don't know. Anyway, Sister Marie, we have a card here for you as well. Amen. 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 We honor those ladies for all the hard work that they do. Amen. Let's give them one more hand clap of praise. We appreciate them so much. Amen. Amen. Well, not praise necessarily, but appreciation, right? Well, the Bible says let other men praise you, right? As long as you're not praising yourself, you're doing all right. Amen. 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 The offering baskets are here. We're going to receive our offering. Uh, they're on the front row. You can drop your offering in, and then all of our classes are being dismissed. The adults are staying in the sanctuary, all the children and youth. Um, will be uh, anyone uh, up to age 18 uh, will be going uh, out to their classrooms. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your many blessings and your hand upon our life. Bless this offering to the upbuilding and the advancement of your kingdom that there may be meat in your storehouse. Bless those that give according to your word and give us revival as a result of our efforts, our labors, and bless the rest of our Bible study and all of our classes tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you come? Would you give unto the Lord tonight? Our classes once again are dismissed.
Jesus, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. When your people praise you, you said you'd draw near. Then our worship tell you, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. When your people praise you, you said you'd draw near. Let our worship tell you, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. When your people praise you, you said you draw near. Let our worship tell you, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. When your praise you you said you draw near let our worship tell you you are welcome here let's worship him one more time let him know he's welcome in this house thank you jesus we worship and we adore you right now hallelujah blessed be the name of the lord you may be seated thank you jesus thank you jesus amen once again welcome to wednesday night bible study i'd like to turn your attention this evening to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 3. The lessons are coming around, so please, if you haven't received one yet, um, uh, and I'm sure just be patient, he'll get you one, but if you haven't, just slip up your hand, and, and uh, Brother Redway or Brother Rosa will make sure you get uh, a copy of the lesson. I am going to uh, teach tonight on a topic that I actually started teaching in the youth class last Wednesday night. And um, I felt, uh, as I was praying about this week, that I should teach this same topic to the adults because it's something that we all should uh, should grasp and get a hold of. And so uh, we are going to be discussing uh, this topic called Walking Worthy of the Calling. There is uh, another lesson to this topic. Uh, to this topic, and so we will um, get to that lesson at another time. Uh, but again, walking worthy of the calling, and it's found in Ephesians or, or based in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy, and this is where we're taking our lesson from, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so, again, walking worthy of the calling. Let me set this uh, expectation here right now. Um, for those who are watching, listening online, um, all of your input, your questions, your comments are valuable, and we want everyone to hear them. And so we have microphones set up on the sides here. If you have a comment or a question, um, if it's more than just uh, kind of a one-sentence 
uh, statement, I'm asking that you please try to remember to head over to the microphones so that um, I don't have to th then repeat what you said or try to figure, you know, remember it and repeat it to and summarize it because you can say it better than I can summarize what you said. And so we want everyone to be able to hear it. So please, if you can, utilize the microphones, uh, whichever one is closest to you, and we'd appreciate that. All right, walking worthy of the calling. Let me ask you a question as we get started here. Have you ever been invited to a very special or some super uber special event before in your life? Maybe a, a wedding or a baby dedication or a quinceanera or a, a sweet 16 or a, a, a birthday party or, or important to some people, right? Um, there, there are events. How does it feel when you get invited to something like that? We'll have a little give and take. You don't have to go to the microphone for this, but how does it feel when you get invited for, to something, some, to a special event in someone's life? For instance, I'm already married, but if I was getting married and I invited you to my wedding, how would you feel? Honored? What else? Any, anything else? So it wouldn't matter to you if I'm getting married. Happy. I heard someone say happy. <laughs> Glad that I wanted you to be a part of it. Right. If, if, if uh, Sister Amanda was getting ready to graduate high school, and that's coming fairly soon in her life, Mama's like, yeah, almost time to get them out of the house. Kick them down. <laughs> or either that or she's over there crying like, I don't want them to leave. But if Sister Amanda was going to have a graduation party and she invited you to her graduation party, all of us old fogies, how would that make us feel? <laughs> like, old? <laughs> Might make us feel like, whoa, we're still kind of part of the cool crowd. She wants us there, right? You know? It makes us feel special, right? I, I think um, whenever I get invited to preach somewhere, you know, even even here, it's, you know, I get the honor and, and, uh, the privilege to to speak to you on a regular basis, um, and especially when I and, and that's an honor. There's there's a thrill that comes with that. Um, but I feel appreciated. I feel needed. I feel wanted. When when another pastor calls me and says, uh, "Brother Brown, could you come and could you please uh, preach for me?" As a matter of fact, this Sunday I'll be trying to run out as soon as we're done with our service and head over and preach at a different service uh, because I was invited to do that because a pastor is going to be out of town and wanted me to help. Um, help him out and and so that makes me feel honored um it, it makes me feel like oh wow he trusts me because he's letting me preach while he's not there in his church and things like that there's there's a lot of different kind of feelings and emotions and uh but but what i really wanted to get is kind of that 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 you feel that special feeling that wanted feeling that wow i you know somebody thinks i'm special or somebody thinks i have something valuable or someone thinks i am am valuable all right, does that kind of concur with everybody? Is that kind of how it makes you feel when you get invited to something? And, and honestly, if we're all going to be honest, I know that we want to kind of live our lives as well. It doesn't really matter what everybody else says and I'm, I'm good, you know, whatever. But honestly, we all want to feel that way sometimes. And we all need to feel that way sometimes. You ought to have somebody in your life that's making you feel wanted and needed and appreciated, right? <laughs> it's pretty awesome and you know when I have I have four children and there's nothing like having a child to make you feel needed and wanted 
right? And so uh, whenever, uh, as a matter of fact, Lucy and I are going to be making pancakes for breakfast tomorrow. And, uh, and she's been begging for it for a few days, and I haven't been able to, to do it. But I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And, and uh, she felt very special when I invited her, but I, I felt like I'm needed. Like she wants and she needs daddy and wants daddy to make pancakes with her. She wants to spend time with me. And she wants her pancakes because she loves her pancakes. But, you know, in order to get the pancakes that she wants, she needs daddy. And so that makes me feel kind of special, you know. <laughs> Don't forget the blueberries. Not a bad idea, Brother Steve. I might have to. And I was going to say, in Lucy's case, she likes the chocolate chips more. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So to be called means to be invited into something. Or to something. We're kind of back in our notes now. It means to be invited to participate in something and to enjoy the benefits of it. So when we're talking about this idea of walking worthy of the calling or walk worthy of the vocation wherein ye are called, it means that you have been invited, and in this case, you have been invited by God to do something, to participate in something, and to enjoy the benefits of being a part of it. You, you, you're, you're not just coming and and uh, you're not just coming to the party, um, and you don't get to get the, to have your cake, but you get to eat it too. All right, that's kind of the the deal here. And every one of us has a call from God upon our lives, even if we haven't heard it yet or acknowledged it yet, every one of us has a call of God upon our lives. Every one of us has above our lives an invitation into some special plan and purpose that God has for our lives. Amen. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I say this quite often about favorite verses, but this is absolutely one of my favorite and one of my go to verses for my whole life. Because I can always, when things aren't going right in my life, when I'm wondering what I'm even here for. I wonder why should I even bother anymore sometimes. I wonder what this is about or what that is about. I can go back to this verse and kind of get myself grounded and, excuse me, and, and centered again. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, there's a destiny for you. And, and God is inviting us into a specific destiny. You've heard me talk about this when uh, many of you have heard me talk about this in Psalm 139 when it says uh, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And it talks about us being curiously wrought in the lowest places of the earth. It's literally talking about the weaving together of the strands of our DNA. Now, DNA is made up of these things called chromosomes, and there are 39 chromosomes in each one, and, and all of those 39 chromosomes are like little strands. I wish I'd brought some string here. Um, uh, you can take those little strands, and, and, and what God does is each one of those little pieces of DNA, he, he didn't just throw a bunch of them in a bucket and twist them around, and out comes Brother Rosa, or out comes Sister Grisel, or out came William. No, he, he said, I I have this specific plan for 
this person and while I'm forming them in the womb I know that sister Marilyn is going to need a little bit of this and I know that sister sister Marilyn is going to need a little bit of that and and I know that that she's going to need to be able to do this and and one day she's going to be leading a, a lady's prayer every Saturday morning and 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 she's going to need a little bit of this and I'm going to put this in there and I'm going to put that and and every little strand of your DNA was put together on purpose because God has a purpose for your life and today what we need to understand is that every single one of us that is here tonight every single one of you that are under the sound of my voice across the airways listening now or later you are being invited into something that is so wonderful and so powerful and so great that it transcends anything that this earth or even nature, this natural world has to offer you. It is from God himself who created heaven and earth. And that invitation is over you right now. And it's ever and always over you that invitation into something that is bigger than yourself every human longs for it there's an old song out there uh, that talks about uh, there being a hole in my heart well there's a hole in everybody's heart until they come into relationship with Jesus Christ because there is a void that can only be filled by connecting with the one who created you and beginning to live according to his plans and purposes for your life Amen. I'm talking tonight about walking worthy of the calling. Now, there are many things to which we are called. And you will notice in your notes, we are not going to cover each one of these. We're not even going to read these verses. Um, but what I did is I put in there some extra little lines so you can do your own study. These are verses for you to look up and read yourself on your own time and understand these are things that every single one of us as uh, born-again saints of the Most High God, these are things that we are all called unto. And there's more. I just picked a few. But if you will take those and study those out, you will see some of the expectations that God has for you as his child. And so what I did is I left them in your notes with some lines so you can make your own notes about it. And you might find other verses that, that uh, relate to that same topic and you might be able to jot those down. Or, or, or maybe there's just a specific phrase that really speaks to you and helps you in a season of your life. But these things that, that, are, that you see in those verses are things that everyone who has repented of their sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by full immersion in water, for the remission of your sins and has received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues and are trying to live with for God and live according to his word. These are some things that God expects of every single one of us. No, nobody here or anywhere is an exception to these things that we put right there in your notes for you to study.
But I want to talk about those things because I want us to get into the specific, beginning to understand and discover the specific things that God wants us to do. Um, And I'm not going to tell you how to find the will of God for your life tonight. That's another lesson for another time. But let me just say this, first and foremost, just develop an intimate relationship with the Creator and He will show you. He will teach you His voice as you stay in in his word, the more you read his word, the more you know his voice. He will reveal to you that which he has called you to do. And you will begin to hear that invitation that I'm talking about. Amen. But once we figure it out, then we've got to learn how to walk worthy of it. And that's what this lesson is about. The word vocation in Greek, is a shorter version of the word that is translated calling. So remember, the verse in Ephesians says, uh, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So there's a Greek word that is translated called there, and a shorter version of that word is translated vocation. So it's kind of a simplified version. So the imp- it's, it's narrowing things down. It's, it's kind of zooming in on the picture, and it's giving you a, a close-up, if you will. All right, now, now you're getting close enough to see all the details. And the, the word calling is kind of a broad and a general uh, a statement, but as you get to vocation, like that is, you're zooming in. So uh, not only am I called, for instance, not only am I called to be a Christian, but now I know that I'm called to be a minister of the gospel. And not only has God called me to be a minister or a preacher of the gospel, but now he has narrowed it down to where I am called to be the pastor of of a church and now only not only that but now the vocation into where I've called has been narrowed down to now I'm the pastor of this church does that does that break down kind of how that process works do you understand what we're talking about so everyone you know there's this broad broad calling and then but there is there is this zoomed in vocation to which we are all called and once we figure that out and that process takes time but the closer and closer you get the more and more detail you get and and the more and more detail you get the more and more you have to learn how to walk worthy of it amen and so uh my my it is my sincere desire as your pastor that every one of you discover the calling of God upon your life and the very specific vocation to which you are called. All those intricate details. It's my desire that you find it and you begin walking in it. And I will do anything and everything I can to help you discover that and help you begin to walk in it and to walk worthy of it. Amen? And I'm thankful for elders in my life. I'm thankful for Bishop Tryon, who for the last, now I've been here since 2006, so for the last 16 years, almost 16 years, 15 years and 10 months, uh, Bishop Tryon has helped me to find and zoom and zoom in on and and, and hone and and and, and and figure out, fine-tune uh, my ministry and help me find the will of God for my life and, and has guided me and counseled me. And I'm thankful for, for his leadership and his guidance over the past 16 years. And there have been o- other elders that have helped me in that process. And I want to be able to be that for you as well as much as I can. 
Amen. And then Paul tells us that we need to walk worthy of the calling. So what does that mean? We're going to talk about that tonight. To walk worthy. And I looked this up in the the Greek lexicons and, and all kinds of different. Uh, I, I did a lot of different, you know, vines, dictionaries and all these different things. And I basically kind of took a whole bunch of the different uh, definitions that I found and kind of lumped it into four main things that walking worthy means. And the number one thing is that it means to regulate our lives in other words we we have to put some boundaries in our lives we have to we have to put some parameters in our lives where, where do we find those right here we find the parameters we find the regulations we find the the boundaries that we need to put we find them right here in the word of god and and you find it in relationship with the author of this book and he begins to talk to you and say you know uh, that's probably not a good thing for you to do anymore sometimes it's not an audible voice that tells you that sometimes you just don't feel right doing it anymore sometimes you walk into a place and you're like this doesn't even feel right anymore or you're hanging out with, with, with some folks and they start uh, rolling up some stuff and lighting it up. And you're like, oh, hold on a second. I, I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. Or, or you're, you're with a group of people and they start telling some, some, some stories. Or, or they start laughing at some stuff that you don't really find funny anymore. A couple weeks ago you might have been laughing at it, but it's not funny to you anymore. That, that, is, that is God now uh, writing his law on your heart. And God is, is saying, hold on a second. That, it's time for you to, to get out. We need to regulate some things in your life. That's something that you, you, know, you don't go. That, that crosses a line that I don't want you to cross anymore. All right. And then it means to conduct ourselves. All right. So walking worthy is not only to regulate our lives, to put some boundaries and some parameters, but now within those boundaries and within those parameters, there, there's a way that we conduct ourselves. How many of you know that you're children of the king? The Bible says when we're born again, we become the we, we, we get the power to become the sons of God. And God is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so we are we are sons and we are daughters of the king. And so uh, the royalty doesn't get to just behave any kind of way. Well, maybe if you're some royalty, you think you do. <laughs> but royalty has a certain amount of, of, of uh, I can't think of the word right now, uh, etiquette. Brother Luke, what's Protocol, that's a great word too. Yes, protocol and, and etiquette. And, you know, they have manner school that they have to go to. And they have to, you know, they, they have to know, you know, which, which fork to use when you sit down at the table and there's like 42 different forks on the table. They, you know, they, they know which ones to use and, 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 and the 12 different spoons that are out there for however many course meals that they have and, and, and all that stuff. Like, they, they have to know all that stuff. I, I'm, well, you know, when it comes to the kingdom of God, we, it may not be like that exactly, but there are, there's, there's a way that we carry ourselves. There's a way that we, there, there's a way that we uh, need to behave, conduct ourselves. We, we don't talk like we used to talk. And we don't act like we used to act. 
We don't even think like we used to think. That's why Paul said, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is that talking about? That's talking about finding the call of God and walking worthy of it. How do we do that? Well, we got to have a transformed mind, a renewed mind, and then we be, we're changed, and the way we think is changed um, as we are transformed. Amen. Amen. Number three, it means to make due progress or always getting better and better. So all of this, learning to regulate our lives and learning to conduct ourselves, um, it's a process. And it doesn't happen overnight. And what is okay today might not be okay a week from today or a month from today, or six months from today, or a year from today, because you are ever growing, and you are, you are getting better and better, and you are, you are going from level to level, and from faith to faith, and from glory to glory, the Bible says, and so we grow, and it is a process, and so, and in this process, I need to be making progress, amen? So if I'm walking worthy of the calling, it means that I'm making progress. So we should never get to the point that Paul was talking about uh, in the book of Hebrews. And maybe it's chapter 5 where he says that uh, in the time that you ought to be teachers, you have need that I teach you again. When I ought to be feeding you solid food, now I have to go back and feed you milk because you choked on the steak that I tried to give you. You ought to know how to chew up a piece of steak now and swallow it in the right time and, and then digest it and be able to handle it. But when I gave you that piece of steak, you didn't know what to do with it and it gagged you and, and you weren't able to handle it. So now I had to go back and give you and, and go backwards. And I, I, you know, I should be able to give you the, the steak now, but I've got to feed you mashed potatoes now because you don't have to chew those so much. Or I tried to feed you the mashed potatoes, but you couldn't handle that and you, you forgot how to chew them or, or even let them dissolve in your mouth. And you ever watch? the baby feed and they're trying to you know they first start trying to learn those you know they, they want it they love the taste but they don't know what to do with it so they keep kind of taking it out of their mouth and putting it back in and taking it out and putting it back in and just it's it's kind of gross to watch if you think about it but you know bishop you got you got a grandbaby now you, you, you know you've seen that process up close and personal re recently you know xander's trying to figure out how to eat and how to handle all that stuff and and you know it, it gets kind of gross and and you know then you got to clean up the high chair afterwards or you find those those little puff things all over the place that are like soggy and nasty because they i'm not too far removed from that stage in my life and 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 I, you know, that, that process, but that process is supposed to always go forward. And you're not supposed, if you go to the doctor and, you know, last checkup at the six month, month checkup, they were already eating a little bit of baby food. Um, and you go for the 12 month checkup and they ask you what the baby's eating now. And you say, oh, the, the baby can only handle milk now. The doctor's going to be like, hold on a second. Something's wrong. We need to check some stuff out. Either mom and dad aren't doing what they're supposed to do, or there's, there's something wrong with the digestive system. The baby isn't learning. So we need to figure out what the problem is. So if I, as a Christian, 
are not making, am not making progress that I'm supposed to make, then someone's got to realize there's a problem. And that's what Paul had to do in Hebrews chapter 5. And that's not what we want to do because as we walk worthy of the vocation to, uh, uh, that we're called into, then we need to make due progress. And we should just always be getting better and better and better. And let me say this, that this process in which we need to be making progress is not a one-size-fits-all type of process. And it's not a everybody move at your own pace. I mean, it's not a everybody move at the same pace type of process either. Right? This is a, you got to have your own pace. And, and some will take longer than others. And some will go quicker, more quickly than others. Um, and, and that's all right. As long as you are making progress. And you should be making progress. Now, if you're just... Stay in a baby because you don't want to grow. Now, that's a problem. And we need to identify that and figure out how we can help you. Um, but if, if, you are, are just make, if you're making progress and you're trying and you're giving it your very best and you're spending time with the Lord and you're making progress. You, you, what does the old song say? I, I, I might not be what I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be right i'm thankful for that because you know we i may, maybe i'm not where i need to be a matter of fact i know i'm not where i need to be and maybe where i should be and where i want to be one day but praise god i'm definitely not where i was last year and i'm not where i was six months ago and i'm growing and i'm trying to make progress amen i'm i'm trying to get better and better just a little bit every day a little bit better what can i learn today what can i grasp out of the word of god today what what can I learn from whatever mistakes I made today so that I don't make those mistakes tomorrow so that by the time I go into tomorrow, I'm doing just a little bit better? Amen? Amen. And the fourth thing that walking worthy means is to make due use of opportunities that present themselves to us. To make due use of opportunities that present themselves to us. So when those mashed potatoes are put before me, I eat them the best, to the best of my ability. Until I learn how to digest and eat the mashed potatoes and I'm able to go on and wait and can't wait for that day that I'm sitting in the high chair begging and, and, and mama reaches over and hands me a piece of chicken. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to all along anyway. <laughs> You know, the mashed potatoes were okay while they lasted, and the baby food was okay. While, but I really wanted what you had on your plate all along. And my goal for each and every one of you is that you can start eating the same things that I'm eating. Because it's not exclusive to me. I, I get to feed you, and I'm grateful that I get to feed you. But I want you to be able to eat the same stuff that I'm eating. And then you can start teaching others how to eat. And you can start feeding. Not only can you feed yourself, but you can start feeding others. And that's what this is all about making due progress, and making use of every opportunity that I have so that I can get better and better and eventually be productive in the kingdom and, and get to where God wants me to go, and I'm walking worthy of what God has called me to do. Sister Marie. I think he turned it on already.
Amen. We need a microphone. I, I, I can't repeat all of this for the people that are online. So maybe go and turn the microphone on or something so that we can actually hear what you're saying. Turn it on back on the soundboard because there's no way I'm going to be able to repeat all that. And this is good. We need to hear it. There we go. That'll work. I'm sorry, but we need to do that. I want everybody to be able to hear this. Right. Um, baby led feeding. Sorry yes. again for everyone. Start over. Try again. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. With Lucy, with we did baby led feeding. We didn't do that with the boys because we were told just to do the the baby food stages. You know, the bottle, the the little jars, stage one, stage two, stage three. But as we did more research, they told us do baby led feeding. You give them certain amount pieces of meat or vegetables um, cut up, and they will learn how to actually chew it. They use their gag reflex. They try to swallow it, but it's too big, so they actually gag a little, bring it back up, put it to the side of the mouth, and learn how to chew it. And so by the time Lucy was seven, I think six or seven months old, I remember we took her to an event, and somebody said, wow, she's already eating, you know, zucchini or pieces of chicken. I said, yes, she's, you know, learning how to do it herself. By then, she would just grab it with her hand, put it in her mouth, and she wasn't choking on it. But it's baby-led feeding. You give it to them, and if they can digest it, if they, if they can bring it up and learn how to chew it properly, then they're going to learn how to acquire more, get more of the regular food. And that's also less work on the parents because we don't have to extra process everything that you're giving your children, you know. Um, so it actually frees you up to be able to do a little bit more stuff and give them more substance um, that, they can, that they can chew up. And I think it's the same thing with us, you know, as, as Christians. And we're not going to go give a baby a piece of steak, right? We're not. But we have to make sure that we're, we're also, if the baby's hungry, if they're wanting this and, and they start growing more, if we start growing in the things of God, then, Sure, let's give you something a little bit more that's right. a little bit more solid and see how you handle that, and then so on and so forth. Amen. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about that, and that's a great analogy of what I was just discussing and what I was just talking about. Um, how many times have I gagged on something <laughs> that I read in the Word of God? And I, and I might have tried to spit it out or I had to kind of move it to the other side of my my mouth for a little bit and kind of maybe enjoy a little bit of the taste of it for a second or try to figure out the texture of it and figure out why and then and then oh wait I have some teeth to chew that with so let me let me do that like that process has happened to me many times reading the word of God it still happens there's 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 some some tough gristles sometimes <laughs> that and some some meat that that you know it it doesn't go down the right way sometimes and I have to kind of deal with it to get it right so that I can so that I can digest it and that's again that's progress right that's me growing 
Um, and we do all of these things, all four of these things, regulating our lives, conducting ourselves, uh, making due progress, always getting better and better, and making due use of whatever opportunities that present themselves to us. We do all of this in a manner that is suitable or worthy of that work or that thing to which we are called. Um, we make due use of opportunities also means not just, you know, eating what's in front of you, but hey, there are, there are opportunities like, there are things that you could be doing in the church right now. And there are opportunities that are out there that you could find yourself being useful in a place. And you might not have taken advantage of those opportunities. Well, walking worthy means that you take advantage of the opportunities and you make due use of it. And you, you uh, not only just take advantage of them, but you do your best and you be a good steward over that opportunity. For instance, we've got a slide on the announcements and we've got a, 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 a picture out on the a flyer out on the bulletin board that we need help cleaning the church. Well, there is an opportunity for you to be involved in the kingdom of God. And maybe uh, he that's faithful over little, the Lord will make him, you know, will, will make him to be ruler over that which is much. And so maybe you start there and there's an opportunity. Hey, you can help clean the church or there's an opportunity to help cut the grass of the church or there's an opportunity uh, to help uh, uh, with the announcements or to help be an usher or a greeter. Or there are opportunities and there are spots and things that you can do within the church. And so take advantage of those opportunities. And when you do get those opportunities, do the very best that you can do. Submit to the one that's in charge of it. Get all the training. Learn how to do it. And then do it your very best and be faithful to it. Make due use of that opportunity. Um, when, I, when I go to preach at this other church, well, every time I get up here to preach or teach, I, I, do it, I give it my best. I give it my all. I don't, I'm not trying to shortchange anybody. I want to make sure that if I'm going to feed you, that I have taken time to prepare the meal the way that I would want it to be prepared if it was being fed to me. Amen. And when and I see your hand, Sister Ellen, I'll, I'll get you in just a second. And when when I go to uh, Newington to preach on Sunday, I, I'm going to make a due use of that opportunity. I'm going to I'm going to be a good steward of that. I'm going to do my very best uh, because when Brother Wiltshire was here a little while ago, he did his very best and he gave us a great message and he took due use of that opportunity. And I'm going to be as good a steward as he, as he was. And I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity that God has given me because that's part of walking worthy. I'm going to do the very best I can. I'm going to represent our church well, and I'm going to represent Jesus Christ well, and I'm just going to do everything I can to the best of my ability, do all that we do as unto him, right? Amen. Amen. Sister Ellen. Does someone have that? Because Psalm 89 verse 11. Eighty-seven, eleven. There is no eighty-seven, eleven. Right, we need to get it. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Is that the one? Yes. Teach me thy way, Lord. Yes, that's what we need. And he will. He'll teach us his way. And that's part of this process. As he's teaching me, great, great verse, very applicable. Amen. So 
We're supposed to do all this in a manner that is worthy of it. And so what does it mean to be worthy of something? Let's talk about that for a moment. Let's, you know, if you, if you have a short answer, then, you know, shout it out. If you have a little bit of a longer answer, go to the microphone. Um, what does it mean to be worthy, Bishop? To be equipped for something. Yes, good, good one. What else? To be worthy, Brother Al. To be deserving of something. Yes, good. Anybody else? Brother Redway? Obedience. Oh, to be obedient, yes. To be ready and able, yes, yes. Any, anybody else? Being worthy. Those are all, those, those are all great, uh, great words. Um, so uh, I looked up these words in, in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Worthy means to be adapted to a use or a pur- purpose, to be able and qualified. Ready and able, Brother Rose, is what you said. Um, it's like being tailor, tailored and fine-tuned until you're a perfect fit for the work that you are called to do. Think about, and, and this, this picture just came to my mind, so let me see if I can describe it. Think about a screwdriver, right? Um, if a screwdriver, especially a Phillips head screwdriver, if that, that thing has to be perfectly tailored and perfectly uh, fit and done just right. Otherwise, you try to put that thing into that, that screw, it's not going to work. Right? Think about when you have a screwdriver that's worn out, or uh, I had a screwdriver one time that uh, one of the, it, it, was, it was chipped at a spot. And when you get to those tighter screws, man, that screwdriver is not going to do its job. Right, it it it's got to be it's it needs it's shaped a, a perfect way it's fit a perfect way um, it just has to work just right. Think about uh, one little tooth of a zipper being messed up, and that kind of messes the whole day up, right? You know, when you, you're trying to zip up your jacket and, and one little tooth is messed up and you just, it gets stuck and it's just not, like things, it's fine-tuned, it's tailored, it's set a, 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 cer- a certain way. Um, that's kind of what we mean by being worthy. Um, so being able, now because what part of the word was to be able, part of the definition was to be able. Being able means to have sufficient power, skill, or resources to do something. And being qualified means being fitted as by training or experience for a given purpose. So not only am I fitted just right and shaped just right like that screwdriver, but I'm also, I've also been trained in how to do my job. And so I've gone through some training. I've gone through some learning. Um, I've gone through some shaping and some molding. Um, when when uh, you enlist in the Army, you don't just go out on the battlefield the first day. There's this little thing called boot camp or basic training that you have to go through that is uh, a lot of shaping, to put it, <laughs> to put it mildly. It's a lot of tailoring <laughs> and a lot of, you know, shaping and forming and molding. And, and I don't want to get into it. I get PTSD over it. <laughs> well, let me say this. None of us in and of ourselves are able and qualified to do the work of the Lord. So, I, I just don't have it in me. One of the Bible writers said, in, in me dwelleth no good thing, right? I, I don't have it in me to be able, in me, uh, in and of myself, 
to be able or to even be qualified. I am so underqualified in and of myself to be a pastor, to be a minister, to be a preacher, even to be a Christian when it comes right down to it. But our sufficiency is in him. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, he gives us everything we need to walk worthy of the calling and to be doing everything that God wanted us to do. He already put our DNA together. He, are, he already made us who we are specifically for a special purpose. And once we find it, now he gives it. And, and once we get the Holy Ghost, now we find that purpose. Now, not only has, has he put everything we need in us, but now he has equipped us and he has uh, given us the power and the ability to do it. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notice I capitalized Christ in your notes there. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me because I can't do all things through Lewis. I can't do all things in and of myself, but with the power of the Holy Ghost that lives inside me by leaning and depending on Jesus Christ, I can do all things. Brother Lee Stone King says, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I've heard many people say it. He was the first one I heard say it. But God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You see, you know, it might sound backwards to us, but, but God did not call you because you're qualified. He is going to qualify because he called you. Amen. God, he's already called you. Now you just need to get in a prayer room and you need to get into relationship with him and you need to go ahead and spend some time in the word and, and, and spend some time uh, with some elders and some other folks that are already swimming in the waters that God has called you to swim in and let him mold and shape you and equip you because he will qualify you. He already called you. Now he will qualify you and he will make you ready and he will make you able to do everything that that he called you to do. Amen. Amen. But here's the deal. Whenever we are called or invited to do something for the Lord, it is up to us to answer the call or to accept the invitation. I keep looking at my phone just to keep track of the time. I'm not texting anybody, I promise. I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, Isaiah has this great, wonderful vision, right? When, when uh, you know, the, the angels in heaven, he, he, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And it's not, that's in Isaiah 6, 1. And Isaiah, I think it's around 6, 5. I think I, I forgot to change that. And I think it's around verse 5, the verse that's in your notes. But in verse 1, he said, I saw the Lord high in the, in the year that King Isaiah died. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the train of his glory filled the temple. And so... Isaiah gets this great vision of the glory of God, and, and, and he is so overwhelmed with it that he says, Woe is me, Lord, for I am undone, and I'm a man of unclean lips. And, and, and an angel literally came from the altar with some tongs, to the altar with some tongs, and took a coal from the altar and touched it to his lips in his vision, touched that coal to his lips, 
and put the words of the Lord in Isaiah's mouth and says, I have equipped you. God has equipped you. And now he is qualifying you to answer the call. And in that moment, there began to be a cry going forth that Isaiah heard. And that's where we get to this verse. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? I feel a cry in the Holy Ghost tonight that there is a world to reach with this gospel. There is a city named New Britain, Connecticut that God wants to reach. Whom will I send? Who will go for us? Who will go and preach the gospel in New Britain? Who will go and tell my neighbors? Who will go and, and tell the people that in the grocery stores? Who will go and tell the people out on the streets? Who will go into the, the upper echelons of society and witness to them? Who will go into the highways and the byways and the gutters and minister to them? Who will go for me? Because they all need Jesus who will go. Well, here's the deal. The call is out there. The question is whether or not I'm going to answer the call. And Isaiah said this. Then said I, the scripture says, here am I send me I wonder if there's anybody that has that in their spirit right now here am I send me Lord I, I hear the cry I hear your voice calling me here am I Lord send me I want to find this purpose you have for me here am I Lord send me God I want to do something powerful I want to do something to impact my world to change the world here am I Lord send me I want to connect with something bigger than me and greater than me. I, I, my life is, is emptier than it should be. God, I need more in my life. There's got to be more. What is it that you created me for? Here am I, Lord. Send me. Praise God. Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in the house right now. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Oh, lift up your voice and talk to the Lord right now. Hear my Lord. What is it you're calling me to do? I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening, Lord. Hear him, I send me. I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening. I feel like God is laying somebody on your heart that he wants you to talk to about Jesus this week. I think God is getting ready to, God wants you to testify to somebody. God wants you to teach somebody a Bible study. God wants you to invite somebody to church. God wants you to do something for him. I feel like it right now. Think of that person. Get that person on your mind and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I will speak to them this week i will make a point to reach out of them i'll go out of my way i'll sacrifice if i need to this week because i'm gonna touch base with somebody that needs you here am i lord send me here am i lord send me in the name of jesus in the name of jesus praise god praise god in matthew 4 19 and 20 Jesus walks up to some folks and he says unto them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. I love their response. It says straightway they left their nets and followed him. They didn't, they didn't think about anything else. They didn't make any excuses. They just said, all right, yep, here I am. None of that stuff matters anymore. What do you want me to do, Lord? Here I am. And they, and they followed Jesus. Sometimes we just need to say, Lord, none of this other stuff matters. I've, I've been pursuing all this other stuff my whole life. 
and it's become a distraction for me. I feel like there's somebody here right now that God's been dealing with you about separating from something and consecrating yourself to something else for His kingdom. Why don't you just go ahead right now and, 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 and take that as confirmation in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and do it. If you'll leave that net, God will show you what the next step is, and he will allow you take the step of faith, and God will direct your every footstep. Amen? Amen, amen. Follow him. He won't lead you wrong. Amen? Follow Jesus. He will not lead you wrong. And maybe he's just asking you to give something up for a season of time. Calling you to a fast of sorts. Maybe he's calling you to just stay off Facebook for a month. And the time that you would spend on Facebook scrolling through or whatever, that spend that time reading the word or, or spend that time talking with somebody or about Jesus. Or praying or something along those lines. But if God is calling you to something, it's because he's inviting you. If you're hearing that call or that tug, then he's inviting you into something greater that is beyond yourself. Uh, uh, you're not going to see it all, but sometimes you take that step of faith and you begin to see more and more of it. Answer the call. Sadly, there are too many people who end up like the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verses 21 and 22, when Jesus was talking with him, he came and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord said, well, you know, what does the law say? And, and he said, well, I've done all these things, Lord. From, from my birth, I've, I, I've, I've not lied, and, and, and I've not committed adultery, and I've honored my mother and my father, and, and, and I've, I've, you know, done everything right, Lord. I've, 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 I've only served one God. I haven't served any other ones. I, 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 I've everything God, I, I, I've kept all of these commandments from my youth. Lord, I, I've done all that, but what do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus beholding him loved him. Jesus loves us. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus loves us? And when we come to him, and ask him what he wants us to do, man. He, he, there's, there's something that just tugs his heart. Amen. And it, it just, he can't love you more than he already does, but just something, that, that just touches his heart in a special way. When you come to him and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? So whatever it is, it's just a, you know, when, when your child comes up to you and says, Dad, is there anything I can do for you? Mom, is, is there anything you want me to do for you? How can I serve you? Man, that, that's like, whoa. That kind of pulls at your heart a little bit. And then you're like, okay, what do you want? You know? <laughs> Come on, all you parents know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's always the back of your mind. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Like, I, I'm glad you're mopping the floor. And I'm, I'm glad you offered to, you know, Give me a foot wash or whatever, but what, 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 what do you really want? <laughs> but there, but but it, but at the same time, like our, our heart kind of melts, doesn't it? Like, I feel like that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, "One thing thou lackest: go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor." 
and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He was sad, he was grieved, went away grieved, for he had great possessions, and he allowed the things that he possessed to possess him and to keep him from answering the call of God that was upon his life. Matthew twenty two fourteen says, For many are called, but few are chosen. The differentiating line between those who are simply called and those who go on to be chosen is that decision point at which a person either accepts or rejects the call of God upon their lives. Let, let, let me say that again. The differentiating line between those called and those chosen is that decision point at which a person either accepts or rejects the call of God upon their lives. Every one of us is called. Many are called, but few are chosen. What's the difference? The difference is whether or not you accept the call and decide to walk worthy of it. It is possible to be called and yet never be chosen. And that is a very sad state. So once we receive the call and we accept the invitation, once we choose to be chosen, if you will, then we've got to learn how to walk worthy of the calling. And that's where you get into the meat of that passage of scripture. But that's what working walking or this is what working of walking. This is what walking worthy. I didn't realize it was a tongue twister. <laughs> this is what walking worthy of the calling looks like. Number one is it's lowliness and meekness because uh, it said in our opening passage of Scripture in verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness. So that means humility and gentleness. So if I'm going to walk worthy of the calling, it includes me being humble and gentle or lowly and meek. Now, let me, let me uh, make this statement here. Humility is not defined as thinking less of myself or degrading myself or allowing others to degrade me and just uh, believing all the bad things they say about me or thinking, I can, thinking and believing I can never be anything or amount to anything or I just don't ever have anything to offer. That is not humility. Humility is just thinking of yourself less or thinking of others more than you think of yourself. Jesus thought about us far more than he thought about himself. And so, therefore, he prayed, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thine be done. He, he was walking worthy of the calling by, and, and you have uh, blanks there if you have a pen, that's wonderful. Uh, walking worthy of the calling means that I think of others more than myself. And the next blank there is humility. Humility is the foundation of being able to walk in the power and the operation of the Holy Spirit. Humility is the foundation of being able to walk in the power and operation of the Holy Ghost. James chapter 4 and verse 6 tells us, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 and 6, Likewise ye younger... 
Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So, here's your, the next line, and you have blanks there. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace is referring to that merciful kindness by which God influences our souls and turns us to Christ. That by which he keeps us and strengthens us and increases us in our faith and kindles us to the exercise of the Spirit in our lives. So grace is what works everything out so that we can then be kindled up with the fire that is inside us to let the Spirit work in our lives. It's only by His merciful kindness because we don't deserve it, but because of grace and mercy, now we're able to walk forward into it, and He keeps us, and He strengthens us, and He increases us in faith, and then He stirs us up. That's what the word kindles means, and starts a fire within us, and stirs us up to the point at which we're saying, okay, now i got to go do something for the Lord. Now i got to go do something for the Lord. And so God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So by being humble, he gives me grace, which then strengthens me and keeps me and increases my faith and then gives me something to do and and then puts something inside me that I, I can't help but do. And so I'm, I'm constantly stirred up and that fire is, is being kindled inside me. I got to go do something. I got to go do. I got to go do something for the Lord. This is what God has called me to do. We get to that point like Jeremiah said, it's fire shut up in my bones and I've got to do it or I've got to say it. That happens when I humble myself before the Lord. So when we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will work in us even though we do not deserve it. Remember, that's what grace is. It's, it's merciful kindness. It's, it's unmerited favor. I didn't earn it. I'm not worthy of it, but he gives it to me anyway. And so when I humble myself before him, he works in me even though I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it anyway. But through his mercy and his loving kindness, he bestows special favor upon us. And as this favor is bestowed upon us, we are able to be used by God in supernatural ways through his spirit. Paul wrote it like this. It is God that worketh in us, in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. God works in us. He gives us grace and he works in us. But we have to be humble humble first we have to humble ourselves under his mighty hand first because if I'm proud he will resist me instead of helping me hmm. this is the first thing I, I told this to you the other day I feel like I need to say it right now how much time we got a couple minutes right oh, a minute all right if you're praying and you feel like your prayers aren't getting anywhere. You start praying and you're feeling resistance in your prayer life. 
Like you can't get anywhere. You can't go anywhere. All of a sudden, it feels like something is just pushing you down while you're praying. Your first step needs to be to go directly to repentance. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. It is possible that it's the enemy resisting you. But the way to be sure that it's the enemy, meaning the devil or his spiritual cronies, and not God himself, is to humble yourself and repent. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if I repent of what, even if I don't think I have anything to repent of, I just start repenting. If I, the minute I start feeling resistance in my prayer life, the first thing I do is repent. And I make sure that I'm right with the Lord and try to make sure that I'm right with my brother or my sister. And I got everything right on all levels that I need to get right. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God and when I do that if I no longer feel the resistance I know there must have been something wrong with me and it wasn't the devil hindering my prayers but it was my my pride that was in my heart and by the way we all have it every once in a while and we all need to deal with it every once in a while. So if you're feeling resistance in your prayer, and I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost right now, and somebody needs to hear this. If you're feeling resistance when you're trying to pray, and you feel like your prayers aren't getting above the ceiling, just take some time and repent first and you may be trying to rebuke devils and they're not going away well maybe the devil is the pride that is in your heart and you need to get rid of it I'm not trying to beat anybody up but I need to repent and I need to get right I've been there so my first step every time I feel that resistance is prayer in prayer is I immediately start repenting and I humble myself and I do whatever I got to do to get right with God and get right with my brother because I don't want God resisting me because I'll never win that battle But once I've determined, once I've determined that it's not God resist, if I get right and I'm still facing that resistance, guess what? Now I can operate in boldness. Now I can step out and I can take authority over the devils and I can bind them and I can silence their voices and I can push through their opposition because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can take authority over them because I'm under his authority and God has given me grace because he's no longer resisting me, but he's in me and he's the one backing me up and the devils always recognize God's authority so if I'm right with God I can walk with authority and I can kick the door in on any any resistance that I'm feeling in the spirit hmm. let's stand to our feet right now God here we are right now before you I humble myself before you right now Lord Yes, someone's struggling in their prayer life right now. You reach out and start right now. Just spend some time in repentance right this moment. Spend some time talking to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I don't even know what I did. Forgive me for it, Lord. I don't know. Maybe I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at. Or maybe I listened to something I shouldn't have listened to. Or maybe I had a bad feeling about somebody. Or, or maybe I've got resentment in my heart towards somebody. God, right now, I search me and try me, Lord. Show me what it is. I don't want it in 
my heart anymore. I want to be right with you. Forgive me, Jesus, for everything that may be wrong in my own heart. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me right now. Lord, I believe it. I thank you for your forgiveness right now. Lord, I thank you right now for your forgiveness. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that as we are forgiven and as we are walking in humility before you, Lord, you are imparting grace unto us because you give grace unto the humble and we have humbled ourselves before you and God I impart an extra measure of grace to everyone that is here and everyone that is under the sound of my voice right now to walk in greater victory over whatever spiritual opposition they've been facing in the name of Jesus God we've gotten right with you and now you're giving us grace there is special grace falling in this house right now and being transmitted through the airwaves of our live stream there is grace that is coming into your heart right now and into your spirit and now you will understand that God is fighting for you and you will walk in greater boldness than you have walked in before and greater levels of victory because you know that you've humbled yourselves under the hand of God and God is with you and for you and if God be for you then who can be against you in the name of Jesus something something deep going on in the Holy Ghost right now God you're giving us tools for victory right now you're giving us weapons right now in the name of Jesus Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit right now. Receive the impartation of grace right now into your heart. In the name of Jesus. Let the understanding. I speak that a spirit of revelation and understanding would come into the minds of those that have heard this message tonight. In the name of Jesus. Let them understand it and get it and grasp it and own it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, mm. those of you who have received that impartation right now, God says there are angelic hosts that are going with you into the battle that you are facing and they are rebuking the devourer for your sake and your prayers will get further than they were getting before because now you've got the revelation and you've got the understanding and you've got the extra measure of grace and now God says you will know the power of your prayers you will know the effectiveness of your prayers it was not it was not that I did not hear your prayers it was simply that you did not understand the effectiveness and the principles of humility in grace in your prayer but now that you have an understanding and now you have revelation now I'm giving you greater boldness and now you will walk in greater victory and your prayers will be more effective than they've ever been before saith the Lord
Let's lift our hands and receive it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we're here right now, and we're in your presence, and we're thankful. We're thankful for your grace, Lord. We're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for your presence, Lord, right now. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to be united, Lord. Help us to be united. We know how much you suffered for us, Lord. And we're thankful for the suffering and the blood that you shed so that you could give us this grace that you want to give us. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want you to walk in the grace that God has given you in this session tonight. Walk in the grace and the power that has been imparted. And as the Lord said, you will see that greater. You will see that greater effectiveness in your prayers. You will begin to experience it uh, even now. Because of the understanding that you have. Amen. God bless you. We're going to walk worthy of the calling. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. If you feel like you want to stay and pray, then stay and pray. You can be dismissed. We love every one of you.